Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Don't touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Dread Podcast Network. Welcome to Development Hell. I am your host, Josh Korngut. I am the managing editor of Dread Central. I am also a filmmaker in Toronto, Canada. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Development Hell. Now, usually on this podcast, we bring you the news on horror movies that didn't really make it past the finish line. But every once in a while, we like to pick the brains of the most exciting voices in indie horror. In the past, we brought you interviews with the director of Orphan First Kill, The Mortuary Collection, All About Evil, and Werewolves Within. Today, we are talking with writer-director Carter Smith about his queer horror trapped in the woods nightmare swallowed please enjoy this interview with director writer carter smith this podcast is a proud member of the dread podcast network hi there and um welcome to a brand new episode of development hell Today we are joined by filmmaker Carter Smith, known for directing The Ruins and Jamie Marks' is Dead. But today he is joining us to talk about his new queer horror film, Swallowed. Carter Smith, before we get into it, can you introduce yourself to the Development Hell audience? Yes. Uh, my name is Carter, and I am <laughs> here with a queer horror film as a queer horror filmmaker. Um, and... Uh, I'm, I am I come to horror and filmmaking from the world of photography and stills mm-hmm. um, and, you know, have always sort of uh, had one foot in each world. And, um, you know, the more time I spend making films and especially on a film like this, getting to make the film exactly that I wanted to make, I, I think I'll be spending more time making films. <laughs> okay, well, I absolutely hope so. Um, it's a little off base, but I have to say, when I was younger and I saw The Ruins for the first time, really messed me up. It was one yes. of the more disgusting, horrifying things I'd ever seen. And I don't know if I'm totally okay. Do people tell you that a lot? People are often um, 
very affected and disturbed by it. <laughs> I, I, either by the the graphicness of the cutting off of the legs, yeah. but actually even more so the idea of something moving inside your body and sort of something that you that's in there that's alive that you need to get out is mm-hmm. is something um that's horrific and terrifying and um affects people in so many dark and disturbing ways interesting that you would phrase it like that because i would say that kind of sounds a little bit of like your new film yeah there, yeah, there's, there are some parallels for sure <laughs> definitely how would you describe this this new release to people that maybe aren't familiar just yet um so swallowed is like a is a it's a story about two best friends childhood best friends who grow up in or have grown up in, in small town maine and one of them is moving to la to test his fate as a as a gay porn star, um, his straight best friend has decided to send him off to LA with a pocket full of cash. All they have to do is deliver a package over the border into Canada. Mm-hmm. And of course, this being a movie like it is, like everything that can go wrong does go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sort of devolves into this sort of backwoods body horror thriller, uh, sort of messed up crime movie mm-hmm. yeah yeah not for the faint of heart that is for certain i'm just wondering where did this idea come from um this film you know this came from me sitting down to write a script that i knew that i could go out and make with some friends and not have to sort of wait around for um, you know, for financing or for, you know, development notes, or I just, I wanted to, I'd, I'd spent a lot of time developing stuff over the years and having it fall apart for one reason or another, mm-hmm. either because like the proper casting didn't fall into place or, you know, it wasn't horror enough or it was too queer or it was, you know, for there were so many reasons. And I was like, I just want to make something that I can like, at this point, like I made movies, I've made several movies and I, and I know how to do it. And there's no reason for me to not go out and make exactly the movie that I want to make. Mm-hmm. Like, even if it's at this, you know, sort of micro budget level. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the cabin that we shot at is a, is a cabin that my dad built uh, as a fishing and hunting cabin in, in Northern Maine. So like when I sat down to write, I was like, okay, what do I have? I have this cabin. I was like, I have a white Jeep, which is the car that I drive and, you know, which makes an appearance in the film. Like I, I kind of, you know, made sure that all of the elements of the film were, were things that I sort of had access to, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, it does. Usually this podcast is about horror films that never escaped development hell. Yeah. And it sounds like you've had a couple of those. Oh my God, I have so many, so many of them. And this was, this was <laughs> finally the one that I was like, okay, I'm not going to let this one die in this drawer. Cause there's, you know, there's no shortage of films of mine that I've written or developed that just have never seen the light of day for one reason or the other. Before we get into Swallowed in more detail, I'm wondering out of all of the films that have sort of, you know, didn't survive development hell, what was the one that broke your heart the most? Um, it was probably Troll, uh, which is the, it's a film that I adapted from a novel by Johanna Sinasalo. And it's about a, a photographer living in, um, Iceland who finds an injured, abandoned baby troll and takes it in and starts to nurse it back to health and develops a really increasingly twisted relationship (laughs) with it. 
Um, and it's like a troll, like an animal kind uh-huh. of thing. And, yeah. and I, it was, it was the film that I wanted to make after, um, my short film bug crush was at Sundance. Mm-hmm. Like that was the film that I was like, this is my project. And everyone just kind of looked at me like with this blank expression, like a troll and a, there's a weird physical intimacy between the troll and the per like, <laughs> I don't know about this. And like the troll was in, there was like 650 visual effects shots. And this was like 15 years ago. So mm-hmm. it was definitely before it's time in terms of, you know, the technology of how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the one I'm the saddest about. I, w- I would love it if it somehow came back around and, and, you know, ended up being able to be made. Do you have any hope in your heart or is it time? I have never given up forward? hope on troll. Okay. No, never. I mean the, like I optioned it myself and the option lapsed. So, you know, I would have to get the option back again, but like I, I have never given up hope that troll will sometime, someday see the light of, you know, the inside of cinemas. Are we allowed to know who you have in mind for that? essential lead role? I mean, you know, so many people over the years, like half of the people that I had in mind had like aged out, like they're no longer in their twenties even, (laughs) you know, cause this was, this was like 2006 was when I wanted to make it 2007, you know, or yeah. So it was, you know, so like a lot of them, like, you know, I had talked to Jamie Dornan about it before, you know, way before, you know, um, Mm -hmm. you know, he was someone that I knew from, from fashion and, I, you know, it, it, it could be any number of, you know, mm-hmm. um, beguiling young men. <laughs> wow. I really hope we get to see that one day. Yeah. Um, I love how queer Swallowed is as, yes. you know, a queer person in horror myself. And I always hear from the shadowy overlords that produce films that it's often difficult to get a queer film made because... Well, selling it overseas is is difficult. There's so much homophobia in the different markets all over this world. Mm-hmm. Um, have you found that to be true? What's been your experience trying to create queer films over the years? I mean, you know, I think that there's, you know, there's certainly like, you know, there's a lot of uh, Asian countries which, you know, you can't sort of explore things that sort of fall into the realm of queer uh, anything. Um, I don't know. I, like I, you know, I, I think that, that, you know, with this specific film, um, you know, the, the, the question has been more like, you know, is it a horror movie, like a f- full on like horror and mm-hmm. like Swallowed is, is, I mean, it's horrific. There's horrible, horrible things that happen, but it's as much sort of a backwards crime thriller as it is anything. Mm-hmm. And so for some, someone looking to program something like, you know, the sadness or, you know, like a true gut punch horror, like it doesn't necessarily check that box in a mm-hmm. way. Um, you know, yeah. but, but I mean, you know, in, in, in most territories, I haven't, you know, it, it hasn't been an issue. It's, I mean, of course there's, you know, there's ones that just are off the table right away, you mm-hmm. know, but um, that is like, was, is kind of no surprise and, and you sort of know going into it, okay, I'm not going to get a, a foreign sale in, you know, the Middle East or what was it like selling this film? Were people, were people ready to, to become involved with it or or were people nervous based on the content? You know, it was interesting because I, you know, I'd finished the script and I took it around to a bunch of different people looking for financing and sort of universally the response was, Oh, we really like this script. Why don't you bring it to us when it's finished? And then we'll take a look at the finished film. And, 
you know, it was just kind of one of those things of like, you know, we're not even looking for that much money. Like we're, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. it. And I don't necessarily know if that's because of the queer content. I don't, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I'm naive. I don't think so, but I think that, you know, maybe it was just, you know, it's such a execution uh, dependent film. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that in a lot of ways, like when I write as a writer, who's writing something that I'm going to direct, maybe there's a shorthand that I use to myself that doesn't, necessarily make it a hundred percent clear on the page what Mm -hmm. is going to be on the screen um but like nobody wanted to nobody wanted to come in for financing and it was luckily it had been created you know it was sort of crafted to be a film that could happen without any of that outside um Mm -hmm. investment uh you know, but then once it was done, you know, it was kind of like, oh, we love it. You know, it's amazing. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's this, it's that. It's, I'm like, okay, yeah. Like, where were you six months ago? You know, eight months ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so I people may already know, but there's a really extraordinary performance in this film by horror icon Mark Patton. Yes. How did he become involved in this film? He, I wrote the part for him. And oh. I saw him in Scream Queen and I just became... Wow. like fascinated by like Mark Patton, the person and, and sort of that was the starting point for the rich character. And like, I'd never met him. I had never, I mean, I saw him at a Q and a after screen queen at a screening once. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just sent him a DM on Instagram. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, I wrote a movie and I wrote it with you in mind and I want you to play rich. And, you know, he was like, he didn't respond for a couple of days. And then, you know, he's pretty active on Instagram. So the fact he got back to me and he was like, uh wait what <laughs> you know, he, he sort of didn't believe me and it took a little bit of convincing like that i was actually a real filmmaker with a real film that that was gonna actually happen and um yeah it was a dm on instagram wow yeah so what was it like like getting him on set and working with him oh it was amazing i mean he you know it, it's it he was one of the seeing him in in nightmare 2 was probably the first time that i saw myself in any of these horror movies that I loved so much growing up. And, you know, I don't think that I necessarily understood what it was that I recognized in him, but like, I, you know, I knew that Jesse and I had something in common. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, so it was, it was sort of this amazing full circle, you know, however many years later, you know, to, to get to work with him and to have him, you know, star in this, in this, you know, unabashedly queer horror movie, you know, which is something that, um, you know, he'd never, he'd never really gotten to do before. Mm-hmm. And he was just so excited to play that too, you know, to have fun with a role like Rich, who's like, you know, who's, you know, he, Rich is a lot and, uh-huh. you know, he's, he's fun to play. Yeah. He's really fascinating to watch and the performance is so good. I'm wondering, has that performance been gaining attention yet? Cause I feel like, if it's not yet, it it will. Yeah. Have you been hearing things? Have people yeah. been speaking I mean, up? People are also just so happy, so excited to see him in in stuff like that's in at you know at festival screenings and you know sort of taking it on the road during the festival run of the film. People are just so like you know excited to see him uh, in film, you know, as yeah. a character, you know, yeah. and, and it's been it's been one of the most exciting things about about the whole process is like you know watching him you know, get to shine in this, you know, spotlight of like, of, you know, richness. Mm-hmm. Has he picked up any awards in the, in the festival circuit yet? 
Um, no, I mean the the film we won um, best uh, feature at Newfest wow. in New York. Yeah, um, congrats. Thank you. Yeah, it was that was that was fun because it was like the you know we played a lot of horror festivals. Okay, and that was one of the first queer festivals that we played. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to like put it in instead of like taking it to a horror fest where like it was going to be a mixed group. Like it was mm-hmm. nice to bring it to a queer festival where it was like okay, these people are here and they are a hundred percent on board. I mean, maybe not for the horror of it all, but like you know all of the. The gayness and the nudity and the hmm. all of that business was, you know, cheered yeah. <laughs> enthusiastically. I know that Mark's health has been a concern lately. I wonder, yeah. have you been in touch with him recently? Yeah, every day. Yeah, every day. I talk to him. I mean, you know, we, we message back and forth, checking in, and yeah, I mean, he's doing he's doing better. He's doing, you know, he's a strong, strong guy, and uh, you know, he's he's finally um, slowed down to the point that he needs to in order to like rest and like mm-hmm. you know sort of recharge because he you know he just goes and goes and goes and goes he's you know he will sign every autograph for every single person that wants one you know for hours after he's meant to be somewhere if there are still people that want it you know so he you know i, I think that it, it's been eye-opening for him but then also kind of a good thing that he gets to like slow down and and not feel guilty about it and just sort of take the time that he needs you mentioned Nightmare 2 being really important to you when you were younger. Yeah. What are some of the other touchstones of horror from your youth that were just like super important in your horror upbringing? Um probably The Brood. Wow. Uh, was one of the was one of the the real Not surprising. The first, yeah, the, that was the, one of the first times and I was way too young when I saw it, Ugh. but it was one of the first times that a film was like both horrific and beautiful mm-hmm. to me. You know, cuz there's something about The Brood like the way that it's photographed and like the office, you know, the doctor's office is like so chic and like the clothing is kind of amazing. And like, there's that weird yellow and green kitchen. And it was like, just aesthetically, it was, it was interesting in a way that, that horror films hadn't been. Okay. Um, <laughs> Would you say you've always had a connection with body horror specifically, or is this all yeah. okay? But I think that, I, I mean, always body horror, but I think that part of that is like growing up queer in, you know, the sort of, 80s and being scared to death of sex and your body yeah. and like you know bodies turning on you was like the worst case scenario and we were sort of taught to you know investigate every splotch and and you know it was like there's this weird sort of um fear associated with you know with bodies which i you know coming of age and kind of like being a teenager in that time was you know kind of confusing and you know sort of left you left me deeply conflicted mm-hmm. in a lot of ways i understand that completely yeah um i guess my last question for you today is what's the horror movie that really freaked you out the most growing up that really like got you is there one or two the, like that freaked me out like i mean you know mm-hmm. the brood obviously you know was one of those films i mean i think that um i don't know one that freaked like i like when I think about the films that like affected me, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, a lot of the stuff that I was watching when I was growing up was mm-hmm. just like, you know, the standard slasher, um, you know, sort of Friday the 13th, Halloween's, mm-hmm. you know, nightmares, like all that stuff. And, and like, as fun as all of that is, it wasn't necessarily, um, you know, it didn't, it didn't 
<laughs> work like a punch to the gut in the way that I like a horror film to work now, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, has, like the, yeah. those, you know, those, those films, just, they just didn't operate in that way. Has a film in recent memory punched you in the gut? Um, I'm a huge fan of this movie, The Untamed. I haven't seen it. Oh no. Yeah. No. You should see it. It's, it's, uh, it's queer and it's scary and it's dark and it's sexy and it's uh, um, it's really really good. I think it's on Shutter at the moment. Um, okay. But that that is one that like I like films that are beautiful and that are horrific and um, you know that kind of succeed in in uh, you know on, on sort of multiple parallel uh, tracks. Well, I'll have to check that one out. Yeah, and... you, you should you should check it out. It's really good and really dark and weird. And also the Outwaters. Which oh, yeah. I know just comes out like, you know, right around now. But like that is like I saw that at a at a, like a, you know, an online festival screening. And mm-hmm. I just like I was blown away. I was like, the movie hasn't made me feel this in a very long time. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me on Development Hell. Um, I really appreciate it. Yeah, and the movie was me. great. Thank you so much for listening to Development Hell. If you enjoy this podcast, then please do us a major favor of leaving us five stars and writing a positive review. It really makes all the difference in the world. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode of Development Hell. Thank you for listening to the Dread Podcast Network.